You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And here we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. And the Kansas City Chiefs end up losing on Sunday Night Football by a score of 36-35. to 35. I'd like to welcome in my co-host for this Rapid Reaction Show, Steve Serta. Steve, I'll let you have your comments in a second here. Uh, I'm just going to make the first general point of what I'm feeling. And that is the fact that Kansas City has this player in Patrick Mahomes. And I think there are times when we just take this idea of, and granted, we saw it in the Super Bowl, but in the regular season, he's just so damn good that it allows just so much room for error where he usually plays quite perfectly and you could have deficiencies, whether it be dropped passes, whether it be something where your offensive line isn't working, whether it be you're not getting penetration, whether it be your run defense is bad, your pass defense is bad, your pass rush is bad. There's no way to stop anybody. It seems like in Baltimore and Patrick Mahomes is just going to solve the problem. The thing that happened on Sunday Night Football is the problems surrounding Mahomes were just too much. And Mahomes himself had a bad interception. And the rest of the team, especially defensively, was just so poor that it didn't allow someone to have the one mistake. And I know that the Chiefs had the ball at the end, and it seemed like that they were able to go sneak out another one. But they weren't able to do so after the Clyde Edwards Elaire fumble, which was bad in itself. And so it, it almost took it out of Mahomes' hands. But I, I mean, I look at it this way when you're looking at a team that is a Super Bowl or a bus team every single year, it's tough with this pit in your stomach after a loss like this to feel like there's a bright side. But I just think sometimes Mahomes bailing this team out every single time, like it's going to catch up to them. And this is probably going to be a, a big wake-up call for the defense. There's going to be a lot of bad film for this team to watch. And I just tend to think in the grand scheme of things that sometimes you lose and you could be better for it. But there is, is nothing that you could say about the defense other than maybe Tyron Matthews' return and the two early picks uh, that went right. And I had not felt that the defense felt as bad or looked as bad dating back to what was the end of the Bob Sutton era. And that is not an era in Chiefsdom uh, that you want to be. And again, just too much for Mahomes to overcome. He wasn't perfect. He was near perfect on Sunday night, but he would have had to have been otherworldly and how we usually see them to overcome just how poor the defense was. Yeah, you know, he threw his first interception in the month of September. This is his first loss in the month of September. And that just speaks to how otherworldly he's been as the quarterback of the Kansas city chiefs. Like you're just going to lose these football games. Sometimes there's things to be concerned about. I'm not going to say that there isn't because they didn't play a perfect football game, but Mahomes was special when he needed to be at times. And then Lamar was just also special tonight like Lamar Jackson we have to keep in mind that Lamar Jackson's also a former MVP very special player uh it's just we always do this thing where we compare him to Patrick Mahomes and this was a big thing for Lamar Jackson winning this football game this is a big thing for the Ravens in general and the Chiefs made mistakes that they don't generally make and usually when they make those mistakes they overcome them they just didn't overcome the mistakes tonight 
I just look at the statistics. I mean, you just look at the statistics of this game. When you consider this defense, the entire talking point of the offseason was they need to be better in the red zone. Well, there have now been eight trips to the red zone, and eight times a touchdown has been scored, uh, both by the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. And it's not to say that a big Baker Mayfield can't make plays. It's not to say that Lamar Jackson, who you know, I consider better than Baker Mayfield on my personal quarterback rankings, can't make plays. I mean, we saw him make a Mahomes-type pass tonight with Hollywood Brown, again, with the poorest Chiefs defense, just being wide open uh, down the field where Lamar Jackson had to jump up and sort of th- toss it over the uh, defense, and it wound up being what was a 42-yard uh, touchdown pass. Uh, a couple comments on Lamar, too. Uh, he had an interview right after the game on NBC and was more or less like we knew we were going for it because we had that win and we were in control of it. And this was a team in the Ravens who had a target on the Chiefs' back. Guess what? This isn't changing. Uh, it doesn't matter just because you lost, you're not going to have that target. Everybody wants to beat the Chiefs because you see – what it mattered to an organization in Baltimore tonight with everybody going absolutely crazy. And that's the case every time now. And this is what you've been waiting for as a Kansas City Chiefs organization, uh, as um, a, a, a fan base. You've wanted to be this team for a long time. And a week two regular season game is going to seem like the Super Bowl to the Baltimore Ravens. Last year's early season game where you lost to the Las Vegas Raiders is going to feel uh this important to teams like that that are trying to become you you've now created this model where you're going to afc championship games you're winning afc titles you won the super bowl you're the class of the afc and so this this win matters it's how are you going to respond how are you going to stay on top of that hill i think there's a lot of credit that is owed to defensive coordinator wink martindale this guy loves blitzing loves the cover zero it's his in his bones like it would almost be the equivalent of Andy Reid saying, no, we're going to date it back to the 1950s and we're going to run 45 times t- tonight because that's that's the way to go. He went completely out of character because he knew he had to. He knew what he was doing against Patrick Mahomes simply wasn't working. There were minimal blitzes from the Baltimore Ravens. And as uh, Chris Collinsworth was describing on the broadcast, they were coming up with new coverages where it seemed like the concept is there's two waves of coverage where maybe in a, in a way it's delayed pressure for Patrick Mahomes, where maybe he gets a little comfortable, can feel like he steps up. Then you bring the next wave of pressure and it worked and, and curbed him enough. Um, and so I, I think, I think with, with all the Ravens did, there are plenty of problems to fix in Kansas city, but I think they deserved this win too. And they were badly beaten up. I mean, if you look at our predictions on arrowheadpride.com, uh, nobody was giving them a chance, and they did enough to to deserve the win, Steve. Yeah, and this was a, a tough football game. It was a fun football game. It's not fun when the Chiefs lose. Obviously, you want to see the Chiefs win every single game, but like you said, Pete, this is the Ravens' Super Bowl. Like, I'm not trying to say that this rivalry between Mahomes and Lamar, and we even made light of it a little bit this week, how Lamar had never beaten Mahomes, and it's not really a rivalry if the other person doesn't ever beat that player. But it kind of goes back to the Brady-Manning type of rivalry where these guys are going to play each other every year moving forward. And I hope we get these kinds of games every year because it was a fantastic football game to watch as frustrated as you are that the chiefs weren't able to pull it out. It was still really fun. And this is the Ravens super bowl. And last week it was the Browns super bowl. And next week it's probably going to be the chargers super bowl after they had uh, a bad loss today. So you're going to get this every single week from whoever you're playing, because that's just how good you are now. And so you have to take a step back and realize that Patrick Mahomes is absolutely incredible, but he can't always pull it off. Like sooner or later, something just doesn't break your way. And tonight it just didn't break their way. And kudos to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson and their coaching staff going forward on that fourth and one call. It it was just an incredible football game and somebody had to win. And unfortunately wasn't the chiefs tonight. Yeah. I, I just, I know what you're saying. It's just, 
I mean, you got nothing from the defensive side. And I think that is what was so frustrating. I mean, you look at the statistics with the Ravens and they had 31 first downs. They were uh, six of 11 from third down. I noted they went four of four in the, the red zone, the 481 to 405. They were picking on Chris Jones. It seemed like early in the game, in the run game, running to his side, wherever he was, they were trying to find him and, and run that way and, and truly see if he could set the edge. It seemed like that was a little bit of a liability. There were some problems with uh, Nick Bolton and coverage. We mentioned the wide open pass to Hollywood Brown. That was clearly uh, some kind of miscommunication. And you ended up with your lone right side being Tyron Matthew. And he was injected to the lineup along with Frank Clark. Clark had uh, the one play in the open field, but was really quiet otherwise. And then you also had Chris Jones and, and I just find like Chris Jones is at a crossroads, right? There is an average player in the NFL. There are above average players like Chris Jones. And, and that is fantastic to have on your organization. And then there's elite players uh, like an Aaron Donald. Uh, and if you want to be on, on that level, there's got to be a certain point where teams aren't scheming to run at you or if you could find a way to make an impact late in the game. This is where the elite players go and, and make a change and win the game. And look, to Jones's credit, we saw it last week against the Cleveland Browns, but these guys that are in that class do it more weeks than they don't. And I, I thought we, we didn't see enough pressure on the opposing offense uh, from uh, the Chiefs front. Their only sack of the night actually came from uh, Daniel Sorensen. Seemed like the coverage uh, left um, some room to be desired. And I just think the, the entire defense just simply had no answer for Lamar at the times that it mattered. Now, his statistics weren't wild. He just was making the plays when he needed to. It was timely plays. And at the end of the game, it just ended up being too much. And And the Chiefs they're, they created that. They created a margin of error that was so small by the end of the game that something like an Aaron fumble by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's been pretty good at that, right? He doesn't fumble the football, puts the ball on the ground, and that's it, right? And and so it it is truly back to the drawing board for uh, Steve Spagnuolo and company. Yeah, and they weren't good last week. Like, we don't need to dance around it because this is coming after a loss, whereas last week they were able to pull off a win. They weren't particularly good last week. And there's a lot of talk of, you know, the 2018 defense and how that held that team back from going to a Super Bowl because it, it did. I don't think there's a chance this defense is that defense. There's just too much talent on that side of the ball for the Chiefs to be this bad. The Ravens are just a particularly bad matchup for what they're not good at. And it played right in the Ravens' hands tonight. They had an exceptional game plan, and I think they're a particularly bad matchup for Chris Jones where he's never been a dominant run defender. The Ravens are particularly bad because they have so many run option type of things in their offense where they can utilize so many guys that way to kind of keep you moving laterally and, and keep you guessing. And that's just a bad matchup for Chris Jones. So, yeah, it's disappointing that you didn't see him at least show up at some point like I would have loved a, a fourth quarter Chris Jones sack or seen some kind of life from him but this was a bad matchup for them in general and the run defense is a problem I'm interested to see what this run defense really looks like when Willie Gay comes back and we don't really have a timetable on that he's going to be out at least through next week and then we'll kind of see uh, once the Chiefs give us an update on that but Willie Gay is the type of playmaker we believe who has the athleticism, he could make some impact plays on the second yeah. level of that defense because they just don't have it right now. And their run defense is the worst run defense in football through two weeks. It seems like they really, I mean, this is obvious, but they need to find a way to set the edge better. I know Frank Clark was just getting into the lineup. Chris Collinsworth had mentioned that he was rotating with Mike Dana to try to get that stop. And you look at the linebacker core right now, Nick Bolton, we have to say this has had moments where in my opinion, he's flashed when he's looked good when he's been around the line of scrimmage and he could find a way to successfully tackle. He's had a few moments where he's looked bad, uh, particularly in, in coverage, Anthony Hitchens, even with the lost weight, he does look a little quicker, but you're right at the second level, they don't have that speed and you lost this game by one point, right? And you were expecting to have Willie gay 
And I think Willie Gay might have made the difference in this game with the speed and, and being able to chase down a Lamar Jackson when he's running for first downs or and, and this is, is tough. And this goes to like the analytical people who say you shouldn't draft a running back. I mean, the, the Ravens were down to what their fourth string running back. And you had Tyson Williams and um, Latavius Murray, who essentially was on the street after we thrown away by the New Orleans Saints. And he was um, having successful runs. You had Devontae Freeman at a certain point. Um, and so no matter who it was, it just seemed like there were holes to be had uh, uh, against the Chiefs defense. Um, and this is going to be, you know, a, a tough week in the sense. And, and you're going to have to look in the mirror. We will have these press conferences after Steve and I get off. If you're listening to our podcast channel, I'm seeing in the tweets now because we're doing this live after the game that Tyron Matthew essentially says, as you can hear in a, in a, in a few minutes here, right here, that, you know, sometimes you kind of got to get your ass whooped. And this is not going to be a fun week. It's not going to be a fun week to go over all the problems I think the, the Chiefs displayed. Uh, it's not going to be a fun week for Steve Spagnola to come to the podium on Thursday and have to, to figure out, you know, what to say as to um, what they need to do better. Andy Reid in the press conferences, it sounds like he was mentioning how poor the tackling was, and, and it was. Uh, so there's a lot to be shored up on the defensive side of the football. I don't know if there's a ton to really say on offense. Um I, I thought the offense looked all right. You can't put the ball on the ground if you're Clyde edwards Lair. If you're going to be a running back on, on the team, I mean, that that stands out. I thought it was good that Patrick Mahomes was spreading the football. You know, if you want to look at, at the good parts of this game, we had wondered if there was going to be um, some supplemental production from other guys. Uh, you had passes caught by the regular guys, which is Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Uh, Ravens, by the way, had a good plan for Hill. He only ended up with 14 yards. Um, also, Pringle. Hardman, Robinson, McKinnon, uh, Fortson, and even Michael Burton were in the mix, all with receptions. So Mahomes really spreading the ball around. And in this loss, I just want to say something about the Travis Kelsey touchdown play. Now, the loss is fresh, and I say this with caution, and um, just try to keep, you know, try to think of your entire fandom in mind as I say this. 20 years from now, Steve, we're not going to really remember how this game ended but i think this play by travis kelsey is the greatest play of his career it's a shame that it had to come in a loss um this is the epitome of who kelsey is and you talk about like a hall of fame reel and i think we would agree that he's going to be a, a hall of famer um in a game that that'll be very forgettable i just think that similar to patrick mahomes and, and what he did against um, the Tennessee Titans in the AFC title game, or even in that regular season game against the Ravens with fourth and nine. Um, this probably was Travis Kelsey's best play of his career. I don't think you're going to have another play that you can dig up. Uh, that's He's had some great plays. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't think you could dig up one that was better than this, and I don't think he'll have a better one than this. Uh, just um, bobbing and weaving his way to the through the defense, looking like a receiver at 260 pounds. Um, and so I... I thought, you know, if you're if you're digging and you're you're really seeking out cool moments, I thought that was a lone, you know, cool moment of the night that you can remember. It was both the Pringle and Kelsey touchdowns were both very similar plays where, yeah. you know, they were thrown to like the opposite, like middle side of the field. And both of them just ran and just dodge tackles and shake tackles off. And oh, Pringle just ran past everybody. But it was awesome to see, obviously, Kelsey, that's just kind of what you expect from him, do crazy things that nobody else can do because you're a Hall of Fame player. But it was great to see Pringle do that. It was nice to see Demarcus Robinson get the touchdown pass early in the game. But I don't know what to do with McCole Hardman anymore. It's pretty clear. I know we're only into two weeks of the season, but it's pretty clear that he's not going to be your consistent number two wide receiver outside of Tyreek Hill. And Byron Pringle at this point, I think is a, a more polished wide receiver than McCole Hardman really is. And so that's concerning. And Clyde, the running game, all of that stuff is concerning, but yeah, it was, it was nice to see Byron Pringle uh, get, get the play and make the touchdown and, and get some attention in the offense because I'd like to see him get more looks, to be honest, because it seems like we keep having the same conversation every single week about McCole Hardman, and I'd yeah, rather yeah. just see those looks go somewhere else at this point. I don't think we need to even get into Byron Pringle again because 
we've said the same thing so many times. And I'll, I'll say it one more time, right? Anytime he gets targets, he seems to produce. That's the essentially the conversation we have with Byron Pringle. We've had it like 10 times now. Um, whereas I think McCole Hardman, he, fans expect more from him because of how, how high he, he was drafted. The Chiefs traded up for him. Uh, if McCole Hardman was like a fifth or sixth round receiver and you were getting this production like Demarcus Robinson, I don't know if you would feel as as badly about it but that to me is is what you're getting out of him it's the career of like a fourth or fifth round receiver um that has managed to stick and i think if you change the lens of how you're looking at mccall hardman maybe you start to feel better about it but i think you're right i think we need to throw out this idea that he's going to be some kind of um largely impactful player in the chiefs offense uh you talk about the second receiver on this team. I think it's a second receiver by committee. I think it's going to be the hot hand. Uh, and I think it's time for Pringle to, to get more of an opportunity. I think he should be in that spot. He took off tonight. I think that stood out. I, I, I think now you've seen it in a regular season game where what was different about that play tonight is he did something that maybe other receivers can't do in, in the sense of where he was in that play and managing to really turn on the jets and, and get in the end zone and, Maybe this finally gets on the radar of the Chiefs and he gets more opportunities. Um, Pyron Pringle, two targets, two receptions for 63 yards in the touchdown. Uh, McCole Hardman had three more receptions, um, but eight less uh, yards in this game, uh, only um, the five receptions on the eight targets. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's time Pringle, Pringle gets an opportunity. Why not? Um, I don't think it's going to be happening for Hardman, and I think there's a case to be made that he is potentially a better option. And if that's the case, then then let's see him a little bit more involved on a consistent basis. Yeah. I, I mean, that's all, that's really all I want. That's all the chiefs need. in that other wide receiver is consistency. And when Sammy Watkins was on the field, he could at least supply that for you. Cause you knew Sammy Watkins would be where he's supposed to be. And you knew he could make a play every now and then that's, all they really need there. They don't need somebody who's going to, you know, do it week in and week out. They just need it in clutch moments. And I think Byron Pringle at this point can supply that uh, in a safer way than I feel like McCall Hardman can. Uh, I do want to get back to the defense really quick. Yeah, go ahead. I just through two weeks now, I'm questioning the adjustments that they're making or whatever. And, and I know there's, you know, how much can you really do in game or, or whatever, but they're struggling across the board right now. And obviously last week, Chris Jones came up with the sacks that were huge later in the game. But this week, that type of stuff didn't happen. And now we're continuing to have serious secondary questions where I know Dan Sorensen got the sack and he made a couple of plays late in the game. But early in that game, Dan was a liability for the Chiefs. Right. Juan Thornhill still isn't heavily involved in the rotation right now. And I'm just curious, like, I just want to know what it's going to take to get Juan Thornhill out there because we've talked about it a lot. He's shown flashes of the athleticism that you just don't get with Dan Sorensen. And I have to imagine if you just let him out there and let him work and get the reps that whatever the question marks are, we can figure it out on the fly because it can't be worse right. than what we're getting right now. Right. No, it, it's, it's all, it's all good points. And I think there's a few people who, you know, if you're naming people that in the defense who we're just like not hearing about and, and they're just not making as much of an impact as maybe we expected, Jaron Reed. Jaron Reed is a, you know, is a player that Andy Reed really threw in front of us and said we should be talking more about Jaron Reed. I think Chris Jones, we had mentioned Jones from more of a, like I was, I was saying before, I don't have to get back into that conversation, but taking that next step to an elite level. And look, I'm not putting that on him. He's put that on himself and how he's depicted himself in the media. And I love that. I love that. But I, I think if you're going to try to consider yourself this elite player who is going to be threatening for the sack record, which I am rooting for. This was my bold prediction. You just got to do more. You got to be more impactful uh, on Sundays. Uh, Frank Clark uh, has been invisible. I'm, I'm seeing on Twitter that he is speaking to the media tonight. So we will see uh, what he says. Um, and, and you're right about the, the safety play and uh, the play in the secondary. I, I just think there's a lot to clean up. And I think what they do next week in a home game now, it's a division game against the Los Angeles Chargers, will tell you a lot about who the Kansas City Chiefs are and can they rebound and look a lot better because, uh, to me, it doesn't get any easier. 
I subscribe to the idea that Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I think these guys are both top 10 quarterbacks, but I just like Justin Herbert better. To me, he reminds me more of Patrick Mahomes than Lamar Jackson does. And to me, Patrick Mahomes is the perfect quarterback to have for your football team. So this defense is going to have to figure this out quick, or all of a sudden you might be facing uh, some uh, some territory you've not been facing in a long time, and that's a loss to a division rival, and then all of a sudden you're, you're behind in the AFC West. This has not been a place the Chiefs have been at in a while where their backs are – I know it's early, but their backs are really going to be up against the wall, and they got to they got to figure this out really fast. Justin Herbert, in my opinion, is the second-best quarterback or second – quarterback I would want in the NFL quarterbacking my franchise outside of Patrick Mahomes and he's an exceptional player and we're going to see how that unfolds next week and there's definitely reasons to be concerned about it after two games uh I still don't think you know and we're only two weeks into this thing we still haven't seen a complete game from the chiefs, even against the Browns, like the Browns were in total control early on in that game. And then it took a miraculous play from Patrick Mahomes to kind of turn the tide early on chiefs were looking good in this one. And then it all just kind of fell apart as Lamar just started gashing them for huge chunks of yardage. Like there was serious miscommunications on defense tonight. The jump pass from Lamar to Hollywood Brown, which was a fantastic play by Lamar Jackson, but either Charvarius Ward was supposed to be manned up on Hollywood Brown or somebody was supposed to supply him with some deep coverage over the top and they did not do it because Hollywood Brown should not have been that wide open. There should not have been that miscommunication where Lamar Jackson walks into the end zone at the end of the football game when you know what Lamar can do with the ball in his hands. Like It should not be that easy and you know that they like to use him that way around the goal line. There's just a lot of miscommunications and sloppy things going on right now. And it's, it's on offense too. Like, obviously you look at the good stuff and you don't want to focus on the bad stuff because they're so incredible and they're so capable of putting up points at any time, but you have to focus on that stuff sometimes. And they're playing a little sloppy to start the year. Yeah. I commented before about what the Ravens did to counteract the chiefs to an extent. I mean, this is still a team. Steve, that put up 35 points. When you're putting up 35 points a game or in the 30s, it's not the offense's fault, even with the Clyde edwards Elaire fumble. But Wink Martindale only blitzed on 12.9% of the dropbacks. Like that, that is a uh, complete shift. And then back to, to Lamar Jackson, it, it is, and I want to emphasize this, right? Not a lot of teams have a, a a walk in the park with Lamar Jackson. It's and let's make sure we're clear with that. Like we're not saying that this is an easy thing to do. It's it's way easier said than done. Hey, go stop Lamar Jackson, one of the most athletic people in the world, right? Um, but they needed to be better. I, I mean, it was just all night um, in these gut check moments where in in the bigger moments, uh, I think you know the the opposing players are are going to want to have the ball in their hands. And you just knew Lamar Jackson at times in this game was keeping it. And I think that was what was so frustrating, too, because I think we've so grown so accustomed to see Patrick Mahomes do this to people where, you know, Mahomes is going to want the ball in his hands and he's going to go beat you. And you know that it's coming. And guess what? There's nothing you could do about it. That's what Lamar Jackson was doing in this game. You knew that he was going to keep the ball at times. Uh, There was even. Um, some flashiness to it too, where he flipped into the end zone. Um, this is a team, as long as they're able to overcome their injuries, you know, the chiefs could see again in the playoffs. So you hope that they can get this figured out. And uh, they remember that moment in particular, Steve, before we go, cause I do want to uh, get to a break here. And then if you're listening again on our podcast channel, we will have the press conferences that the chiefs have, Uh, after the game any final points any final thoughts about this night as we look toward next week they just they got a lot of things to figure out on defense and they've got a tough schedule uh there's no give me games in the nfl they've got a couple you know moving forward but yeah next week it's the chargers and it's justin herbert and this team has got some issues right now i still think uh they're the best team in football or second best team in football but you can't give up 250 yards on the ground. They, they got a lot of things that they need to figure out 
on defense. And I still think that they've got some growing pains on offense that they're working through. But again, when they put up 35 points, it's, it's hard to complain about any of that. Yeah, I think, and I, I think we have to end here. Um, this is not going to be a fun thing to say, but uh, we got very excited this year with Patrick Mahomes at his golf outing said the goal was 20 and 0. Uh, that is no longer possible. Um, so that is now a storyline that you could put to rest. I don't mind that from Patrick Mahomes. I actually love that. I, I think in the media and even as fans of this team, you're always wanting them to just be candid and, and to say what's on their mind. And for him to have those lofty goals, uh, I think is, is great. And I think it's important. I think it's great for the team to get behind them. Uh, I think there is a, with winning and, and I'll, I'll mention this again and sort of a, go back to my first point. When you're winning each and every week, I think sometimes it's natural to forget about some of the the problems you may have. So like, whereas I think, you know, 20 and 0 would have been great. One of the best moments I thought of the 2019 championship run was that gut check in Tennessee. You know, the last time they lost on the road in a regular season game. And then they had to get together and they said, we're either going to be one team or we're going to be another team. MVP Pinnell, MVP Pinnell came on board. Um, the run defense looked good the rest of the way, and they rode that effort combined with the offense to a Super Bowl championship. I thought that the Raiders' loss last year was key in saying, "Look, you know, you're not you're not this um, superhuman team that is going to be able to make a ton of mistakes and just go out and beat whoever because y- you have Patrick Mahomes. You can lose. It's a it's a nice reminder that you could lose. And and again, this is." way earlier than you would have wanted the Chiefs to ever have a loss. But Tyrod Matthews already said it, as I was saying before, where, you know, sometimes it's good to to get your ass whooped. And that was exactly what happened tonight. The defense got their ass whooped. Uh, we can complain about the offense and we can complain about McCole Hardman. And, and uh, like I said, the Clyde fumble. Uh, but this was not the offense's fault. When, when you're able to put 35 points on the board and, you, you know, you take the Matthew – interception for six away if you want uh so let's say 28 even 28 you should be able to get the victory uh so 20 and 0 won't happen and so now it's okay how can we go 19 and 1 then because uh, i think you could you can turn inward and, and and say this is what we need to do to be a better football team uh and it's going to have to start next week against uh, an la chargers team that is also going to be looking to to get their first win they got a, a good offense uh, first win um for herbert against mahomes they got a good offense uh and they are gunning for the division as well win or lose we still arrowhead pride that's a that's a motto i just made up steve so that means we will be right back to it uh tomorrow right here on the arrowhead pride podcast network with uh, an arrowhead drive our first ever arrowhead drive coming off a losing effort because we started it in the summer and they won all their preseason games Uh, So we'll see how that changes the tone a little bit. Uh, We'll continue on with Out of Structure right now as we speak. If you're listening on the live stream, you can submit your questions to Ron Kopp and Matt Stagner. Anything you want to discuss when it comes to this team, they will break down on the Out of Structure podcast. We've got the Editor's Show. We've got the Great British Chiefs Show. We'll do an interview series this week. we got Show and BK, Arrowhead Drive, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. As I always say, if you're listening on the podcast network, please rate and review us. We appreciate it. Sunday Night Football did not end how we were all hoping for with the Baltimore Ravens defeating the Kansas City Chiefs 36-35. For Steven Serta, I'm Pete Sweeney. Stay tuned after the break for the Kansas City Chiefs post-game press conferences. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Steven Serta. Chiefs lose a heartbreaker to the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night football. And after the game, we heard from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyron Matthew, and Frank Clark. We will go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, then quarterback Patrick Mahomes, then tight end Travis Kelsey, then safety Tyron Matthew, and we'll finish things up with defensive end Frank Clark. So, um, there's really nothing to report. I mean, a couple guys got nicked up, but not bad. We'll just we'll see how everybody is tomorrow. Um, yeah, listen, turnovers, they kill you in this league, and we had two of them down the stretch, crucial time. So we've got to do better. We've learned from that. Got to tackle better on the defensive side, and, um, and we'll work on that and get better at that. So um, guys played hard. They just, the other group uh, took advantage of the turnovers for that time, Jared. Coach, what do you think of the Ravens have 250 plus yards rushing? What went into some of the issues against them? Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's a team effort. Um, so you, when you have the opportunities to tackle, you got to tackle. And I think we did very well with that the first half in particular. Gave up a lot of, a lot of yards there. So you got guys in position, you got you know, you to make the tackle. We got to make the play. And we got to do a better job getting off blocks. I mean, that's right now that's what we – what we've got to take care of, and um, but again, all that said, you have the ball driving down that last that last series, what should have been the last series, and we fumbled. So, you know, it, it was uh, we knew that they're a good run team. So that that's uh, um, but the guys pushed through, and we had ourselves in a position where we could win the game and didn't win it. So we've got to learn from all of this. And do better. To that point, you all only had 62 yards rushing. Do you think that you might have gone away from a rushing game too soon, or do you think it was just how the ball game just played? Yeah, so listen, I, I think that's how, how it went. We ran the ball a lot decent in the first half, and then, um, you know, came back with it uh, the second half and had a couple plays where we lost yardage. You know, that didn't help us. Um, so. Um, and then came back with it again. We ended up with a turnover, you know. So, um, but we felt like we could throw the ball too. We felt like we could do both. But um, we probably didn't get enough yards rushing. Coach, you had some different guys in the passing game tonight. They were involved. Yeah. Was that more of a point of emphasis? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of take what you get. And, um, you know, we, we had routes that were good versus all. And, you know, I mean, Wink did a nice job with what he threw at us and ended up getting us there at the end. How would you describe sort of how they played you uh, when you guys had the ball? Like they blitzed less and still got pressure. Yeah, yeah, they blitzed less. Uh, we put ourselves in some long yardage, such third downs there, you know, that second half. And can't do that, not against that team. So they got to be workable and you're looking at 12, you know, plus yards. And that's a problem against guys that can rush past or something. Um, you know, but again, you got to take care of first, second down, and against a good football team, you got to play better football against a good football team. That's what you have to do. Yeah. I'm not sure how. You know, I, I haven't seen the replay of it, but it looked like, from my, from the naked eye, that he didn't quite have it all tucked in there. You know, it, like I don't know if there was an exchange problem or what happened, but it looked like the ball. Turned a little bit, and the guy got his hand on it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not worried about him fumbling. I, other than this one, we got we got to fix it. But he's not. That's not what he is. I mean, he's not a fumbler. Andy, it looks like camp. You had some reason to be optimistic about the way your defense is going to play. It's going to play. I mean, is this uh, caught you by surprise? What's going on? The last yeah. Time? Listen, we we played the two best, probably the two best run teams in the league, right, back to back here. So. Um, and yeah, we need to do better. I mean, that's bottom line. Um, the thing I, I see, we've got to make sure that we, we tackle, right? We're given the opportunity, 
and then um, you know get off blocks. I mean, those were kind of the two primary things on that side, and then the turnovers. I mean, it's not it's not a secret here on what what took place. I've got to make sure. I mean, it's my team. I got to make sure that I, I get those things done, and it didn't get done the way that it needed to be done tonight. Well, because, because you mentioned uh, you know talked about Hyde on his first fumble, Patrick, of course, in the September first half having an interception. Um, you know, what has that played unfold? Is that something that you just learn to live with, or do you tell them sometimes just take a sack and you know, not take those type of chances? Yeah, so you don't, you know, you don't want obviously the interception. You don't want him to throw those. Um, but he's made some plays <laughs> doing that. Um, but in that case, I, I probably, you know, he'd probably like to have that one back. Coach, couple more guys. Yeah, you know, he did a nice job um, with the interception part, and it's good to have him back in there. Yeah, well, they're they're real about things. They know. I mean, they're this isn't something that they don't know. I mean, I think it's obvious what took place and in this game, and we've got to do better. You know, I mean, we've got to fix that. So the leadership in there. Um, they're real about things, and they'll they'll get it fixed. Last one. In, in these two games, eight trips in the red zone for your defense, eight touchdown surrenders. Does, what are you finding? That's a common issue, or are there multiple issues that have been in the red zone? Yeah. So I mean, there are a few different things, but they're they're working on it and and uh, trying to secure it where it's better, and um, we'll keep working on it until we get it right. Yeah. You know, so. All right. Thank you. All right. Yep. Yeah, we uh, we got in the we got in the field range pretty quickly there, uh, and then we were just we were pretty much just trying to get down as close as we could to let Bucker uh, kick the field goal, and the dude made a good play. He was getting blocked. He threw his hand out and hit the hit it directly on the ball. So I mean, um, we were executing. They made a, they made a play, and you lose games when teams make plays like that at the end of games. You threw your first interception in the month of September. What was it that you saw? You didn't, or did you feel the pressure coming? Was it when you were trying to make a play when you were going down? Was that something? Yeah, I should have just thrown it to D. Rob in the flat. I saw D. Rob in the flat, and then I saw Trev come back to me. Um, the dude grabbed my leg. I thought I could kind of get my other leg down. Uh, he spun. He kind of spun me, and it's just a dumb. It's a dumb interception. I mean, it's probably one of the worst interceptions I've probably ever had. Yeah, they played a lot of. They put a lot of shell. They kind of played over the top of Tyreek pretty much the entire game. Uh, they chose their times to kind of double uh, 87 a little bit. But, uh, I mean, if you look at a positive, I, mean, I thought the other guys stepped up and made plays. I feel like teams are going to start doing this. You saw Pringle with a big play. You saw McCole make a lot of tough catches. Um, D-Rod with a big touchdown play. So those guys are going to have to contribute for us this year. And so uh, to have them have, have games in a caliber team that we played today, um, that'll, we can take that as a positive going into the next week. Last week we talked about, you know, you having so many targets towards Kelsey and Robson Williams. Was it a concerted effort in your part to get more of the players involved, or was it just definitely how the, the game flow where you got Yeah, I think it's just, just kind of how the game went. I mean, I said it last week. It's they they were letting Trav and, and Tyree get open, so I was giving them giving them the ball. But if teams are going to really play over the top of Tyreek or try to double Trav at certain points of the game, then we have the guys that can make plays. Uh, and you saw that with the guys that are making plays today. And um, I, like I said, I have full confidence in those guys. Does, does a game like this reinforce the idea that when you have a, you have a lead like Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's what kind of the whole point. I mean, the interception was not only dumb in the sense that it was a bad throw, not even close to the receiver, but it was dumb at that point in the game. Um, even if I just throw the flat and he doesn't get the first down, we have a chance to, to decide if we're going to try to kick a field goal or punt and kind of pin him back. Um, so, I mean, it's just a lot of little things in games like this that that uh, that don't they kind of form you to get losses in the end. Yeah, I mean, we're in, we'll need them the whole entire season. Don't let one play define you. I mean, it's a long season. Um, obviously, we lost. I mean, it's a good football team that we played at their place. Um, but it's a long season. And if we want to be great, if we want to have a chance to try to make another run at this thing, he's going to be an important part of it. Last question. Um, we just got to man up and fix the problems, fix the issues. Um, turnovers are, are big. I mean, on the offensive side, I. Um, just accountability, making sure you're making the blocks and then setting up the guys to, you know, 
do their job. And, uh, and that's the biggest thing is just making sure that we're, uh, we're playing f- four quarters of football and not letting up at any point in the game. Man up. Man up. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I th- and that's just not to Clyde. That's to everybody in the building. That's to everybody in the locker room. Um, you, we'll never point a finger and say this is one person's loss. That's just not how we roll here in Kansas City. Um, we'll fix it. It's a four quarters uh, of football that we uh, that we got to fix, that we got to get better at. Yeah, we, we thought we were going to see a lot more man, a lot more blitzes, but um, and that's the thing. When a team is uh, is rushing three and playing playing off coverage, we got to be able to put up more points, flat out. I I I don't know which player you're talking about. I just know it. Um, no, uh, usually he gets that ball off. Um, just a, a good play by them, and you know we got to be better on the offensive side. I'm sure Pat will uh, say the same thing. Good. What you saw was a lot of teamwork, man. I wasn't the only one out there. I was just the one with the ball, man. Had had a, had a, a lot of guys working to grab and get guys downfield, and and uh, you know that's what we pride ourselves on uh, in this building is you know trying to. Spring, spring another guy for a touchdown. Uh, you saw Tyreek on Pringles touchdown do the same thing, and you know that's just uh, those are plays that uh, you know we have pride with. All right, thank you. Uh, I, mean, I, I feel kind of bad. You know what I mean? We lost. Um, yeah, I mean it feels good to make plays. You know for your team, but I'm not. You know. Too, too worried about personal accomplishments right now. Uh, I felt like this was a game we should have won. Um, you know, we, I mean, but that happens when you let good teams stick around towards the end. They find a way to win the same way we do. So, um, yeah, just got to get it cleaned up. I mean, this is assignment football. I don't, it doesn't matter what defense you play on. It all comes down to assignments. Um, and then from there, it's execution. Um, and anytime you, um, you know, miss a line or you blow an assignment against a good team, they're going to make you pay for it. So, um, I mean, it's just, <clears throat> it really just wasn't our best effort um, defensively tonight. Um, just mis- miscommunication. Um, yeah, I'll take the blame for that. Um, yeah. John, you have a way of uh, rallying the troops, so to speak. This is two straight games now. The Chiefs have had issues against the run. What are you telling your guys <coughs> coming into this week of practice to try to right that ship for the rest of the year? I mean, it's a, <clears throat> it's a commitment that you have to make to yourself first. Um, you know, Every play isn't going to be a pass. Uh, I think when you when you play against these kind of teams, the the, the, the Ravens, the Titans, the uh, the Browns, uh, you have to you have to be ready to stop the run. You have to be committed to that. And that's not just the D line; uh, that's the other guys behind them as well. So it's a it's a team effort, uh, and we just have to be more committed to you know stopping the run. Um, it's not all about you know the pass and the sacks and the interceptions. Uh, we just got to find a way to to get back you know recommitted to stopping that. I mean, every now and then you need an ass whooping, um, you know, and I think our team responds best, you know, when we get punched in the mouth and we're not able to kind of recover from it. So we got some good coaches, man. We got great leadership, and I just look forward to seeing us, you know, uh, turn the page, going back home against a division opponent, uh, another must-win game, a game we got to have against another good football team. Great quarterback, great skill players. I mean, this is a, this is an everyday, every week thing that you have to stay dedicated and stay committed to. So I just look forward to seeing our group respond. I know you out on last the last hand practice in the past month, but uh, you know, talking about fundamental football execution, you know, just a lot of tackles. How do you rectify that this week? Um, well, you come back in the lab, you put your head down, you don't point fingers, um, you take the coaching uh, as hard as it may be. Um, and then you just accept the responsibility. Um, so 
uh, you know, obviously that starts with the leadership. Um, and um, so we can't wait to get back to work. I know I can't. So, like I said, we got another big, big time uh, game coming up. And so it's going to be important to see how we respond. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yep. Um, feeling good. Um, came out healthy. Um, so you know that was the highlight of my night, honestly. And uh, you know, just looking forward to getting back out there this week. You know, and prepare for the Chargers. I'm their tough football team. You know, every time we play this team since I've been here the last three years. Um, they give it all they got. Um, you know, Lamar, a heck of a p football player. Um, you know, he does everything that he can. You know, unfortunately, you know, the last two games, there's been some tight games between us. Um, we was able to pull them out. But, you know, this game, you know, they um, you know, they took it. You know, they came in, you know, um, beat us in a rushing attack. You know, we missed tackles, um, a bunch of key plays, gave them the ball, um, and didn't make enough plays. It's simple. Frank, I have to ask this question. I believe this is our first time talking to you since uh, mandatory minicamp, a lot of stuff that happened over the summer. Where are you now with, with your legal case, and um, are you facing any kind of suspension that you know of? Um, my legal team is taking care of everything. Um, you know, I was advised not to speak on it, you know, until, um, you know, further notice, but my legal team taking care of everything. You know, I have full confidence in everything that they're doing, and, um, you know, you just got to see in the future. Frank, the leaders in your locker room, what kind of confidence do you guys can learn from this thing Oh, man, you know, we got a great um, group of guys, you know, and, um, you know, I got all the confidence in the world in my guys, um, you know, on defense and offense, you know, um, starting over there on offense, you know, with Pat and, you know, um, Trav and all those guys, um, you know, the offense did a heck of a job, you know, fighting for us tonight, you know, defense, we didn't do enough, I feel. Um, actually, you know, um, T, Honey Badger, he came out, you know, had, had two picks earlier in the game that, you know, kind of, you know, um, switch the ties of the game for us, but you know it just wasn't enough. Um, you know, in the future, we just got to limit the mistakes and you know the missed tackles. You know, of course, when you miss tackles, you miss a you know over ten tackles in the game. You know that calls for devastation for a defense. So you know you got to make the tackles, and you got to especially when you're going against a, a strong offense like you know the Ravens. Last question, Adam. How do you get better at tackling during the season? You guys don't hit much during practice or hit at all during practice. Well, when you got that one day where you can tackle and it is passed, you know, the emphasis is, you know, on striking and the emphasis is on tackling. So, um, you know, that's when you got to pop those pads a little bit more. You know, you can't can't go into practice, you know, running by plays, the plays where you can get, you know, be a little bit more aggressive. You can't tag off on guys and stuff like that. And, um, you know, sometimes you get lax and you do that. You know, you're coming off games where you, you know, it was a hard game, you know, a lot of hitting and stuff. So guys are sore, you know, but um, it's just putting the emphasis on that in practice. You know, when we do got those pads on that day out the week, um, it's just taking full advantage and, you know, going out there and, uh, you know, just competing and, uh, you know, having fun with it. But, you know, also understanding that, you know, this is going to transfer over to the game in the future. All right. Thank you. Appreciate y'all.